0: Welcome to the Chosen Weddings Podcast, a podcast for engaged couples in the Treasure Valley. Chosen Weddings was created to help couples find, book, and pay for their custom weddings online. And now, the founder of Chosen Weddings, here is your host, Leah Alvarez.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for joining us at the Chosen Weddings podcast. We are so glad that you are here because we have an awesome episode planned for you. Today we are talking with Alex from Sixty Chapel. She and her family Um, Own and operate it. It's a beautiful venue. Um, I will let her tell you all of the details, but we're excited to have her here. We're going to talk about choosing a wedding venue, some things that you should consider, um, and just draw from her knowledge and expertise in that area. So, without further ado, Alex, welcome today. We're so happy you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? And um, we'd also love to hear about your
0: venue. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, We're excited to be with you guys. So um, thanks for the introduction. My name is Alex. And like you said, I am owner of Sixty Chapel. We're a 47-acre property in Garden Valley, which is just an hour outside of Boise. And on the podcast, I'm going to say I a lot, but um, I'm definitely not a one-woman show. Um, It's been a whole family endeavor. So My husband and I run the back end and we're equal parts of the company. He's kind of the grounds up person figuring out our business plan and physically building out our spaces and keeping it maintained, whereas I'm kind of the, so, okay, this business now exists and how are we going to run it and communicate with clients and all of that jazz. So um, we do all the back end and then Willie's parents, Lynn and Bill, actually live on the property which is amazing because when we first bought it, we were, um, I don't know, thinking that Willie and I with two small children could maintain 47 acres on our own. And then we quickly realized that's not going to be an option for us. I could barely handle um, my backyard. (laughs) Yeah. When you think about moving fence line and, you know, water rights and all that stuff, we needed somebody who was a little bit more well-versed in that. So Willie's parents live on the property. They make sure the get the grass is green and the horses are fed. So that's been a really great advantage for us. Mm. Um, We are going into our second season on the property, which I think, you know, makes us sound like the new kids in town, which we definitely are. But the wedding industry is definitely nothing new to us. Um, Willie and I moved from San Francisco in 2018 and there we had been in the wedding industry for nine years, so a good um,
1: chunk of time we had
0: yeah, and we had um during seven of those years, we had worked with a photo booth company, which I'm always hesitant to say cause I feel like um it doesn't really paint the full picture of what we were doing, and I'm pretty sure that Willie's grandma still thinks that we were working in a mall kiosk but <laughs> <laughs> but um. I was the second full time employee of this company. And after I was hired, we expanded to nine major cities within the United States. So I was in charge of all the hiring, firing, training of all of our employees from New York to Los Angeles. Wow. And (laughs) yeah, and um, on any given weekend, I basically had to know. The who, what, when, how for over 50 events a weekend. So um, it was a a large number of events. And over the course of the seven years, we calculated that I had a small part in 2,700 events. So, um, you know, unlike a lot of other planners or whatnot who see a few venues every season, you know, we were seeing everything from backyard weddings to celebrity weddings um and really everything in between so that's a B- we were number. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i i was always hesitant to tell people that because it sounds boastful but then i was you know i realized that it's okay to be boastful because it is a ton of events and um and i'm pretty proud of you know all the work that we accomplished in growing that company so Willie and I knew over the course of those seven years that we had what it took to build a company from the ground up more or less, um, because I did a lot of that growth for the company. And then we also knew that we really thrived when we worked together. So, um, that's that so was cool. A lot of couples know, do not. So <laughs> no, it's nice that you <laughs> they don't. can work and, together. And that's totally fine you know it's great to have your own thing but for us it was just um we just worked really well together and we liked biking to work together and you know being around each other so um after the photo booth company i started working for this really amazing company called shelter co which is in san francisco as well and they specialize in um off grid production so really big productions and glamping. So
1: Mm.
0: I was working for them and Willie was working for a satellite company. Um, and we both really loved our jobs, but Willie was getting up before dark to bike to work and returning, you know, basically as I was putting our daughters to bed and we just knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable for the type of lifestyle we really envisioned for our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So during that, um, during my maternity leave with our second daughter, I just started scouring Zillow and we had just kind of been toying with the idea of possibly owning a venue one day. And so I was just kind of looking all over trying to find, you know, a spot where maybe we can make that dream a reality. And Idaho was definitely never on the radar. You know, it was like we were looking specifically in California. Um, we had never been to Idaho and we had found a really great bed and breakfast that we were you know we had investors in on we had site plans strong. we were ready to sign on it and the day of closing the owner of the property told us that his daughter unfortunately convinced him to keep it in the family oh that's and so that had been like crushing <laughs> you know half a year of like envisioning this this lifestyle and changing our whole mindset and so we were pretty bummed when we found out that it wasn't going to happen. But, um, you know, and as we were trying to get that property, Lynn, Willie's mom was very much in on, you know, the site visits with us. She understood our vision for what we, what we wanted and knew where we were heading more than probably anybody else besides herself. So, so, um, Lynn was in on it with us and Willie and I realized like, maybe we just shouldn't push so hard um so we just kind of went back to our work you know doing our jobs and fast forward a year the amplifiers broke out unfortunately and the property in which we were almost going to purchase was the town surrounding it was basically incinerated so it was you know such you know a uh, we were so glad that we did not go that route because our whole right. lives would be totally different. Absolutely. Um, but around this time, Willie's sister moved to Boise. And, um, and his parents were toying with the idea of moving to be closer to the grandkids as they, you know, obviously weren't going to move to San Francisco. So, you know, the idea kind of expanded to Idaho. And we were kind of thinking, you know, possibly moving out to Idaho as well. So we were looking for venues and then Willie's mom found our property and we went and looked at it thinking like, you know, this is a pipe dream, but let's go check it out. And all of us just fell in love with it and we figured some way we would make it happen. So we went in on it as a family and (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, we were uprooting our lives from San Francisco as a huge change, but, Mm-hmm. We cannot be happier for um, the property we're now in, and and what we've built thus far. So it's been really great.
1: That is so great. I always love hearing about how people fall in love with Idaho, and um, it's my home state. I love it here too, and um, it's so amazing. If you haven't been, yeah, it's great. It's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's way more than I ever expected. You know, just not only that, but the people are so nice. And Willie's sister just always said, the people are so nice. And I kept saying, I'm from Colorado. People say the same thing, but it is different. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> I love so. it. I, know. I had a huge
1: <laughs> culture shock when I moved out of Boise. I married a military man and I, I there's just nowhere quite as nice as Boise in my, where I've been. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a thing.
0: So that's, that's my, kind of my bio in a tiny, tiny nutshell.
1: Yeah. Um, so you have a ton yeah, of experience I mean, really nice. and not just like venues, but weddings in general, you've seen, probably you've seen it all.
0: Yeah. We've seen, we've seen all of it. <laughs> I feel like if somebody tells me a story, I got five to back it up. So I bet. Um, yeah, we've definitely been, seen some really interesting things, but Um. But obviously, we're here today to talk about finding your perfect spot and um, starting the venue hunt and looking for the place that you know couples can get married in and narrowing that down. So,
1: yes, let's absolutely. talk about how to do so. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Dive in here. I think. <laughs> Go ahead. We, what is um, your first like? What is the first thing that you think is important to think about?
0: Yeah, well, I, there's obviously lots of key factors. Um, and I think even before people start searching on Google or Instagram for, you know, doing venue searches, I think it's so crucial that the couple actually sits down and talks about what's important, what they envision, um, not just one or the other, but collectively what they envision and kind of map out a general vibe to help narrow that search you know, rather than just hitting the internet, you know, without any clear direction. That's a slippery slope when you do that. Yeah. And there's so much content out there that it can be, it can just feel daunting, you know. So having kind of a a narrowed vision of spaces or settings that will speak to you both collectively, not um, just one entity, I think will really help. I know when my sister started doing her venue search, I mean, she had an Excel spreadsheet of 75 venues Oh my! and, and those were venues that she had narrowed down, (laughs) you know, nobody has time to to visit 75 venues. You know, it's just like, she felt so overwhelmed. So I think, Mm -hmm. um, starting with that general vibe is super important. But then obviously, once you kind of get that narrowed down, you know, the three biggest aspects, I think, are obviously cost, Mm
1: -hmm. obviously,
0: um, availability, yeah, and what I call reality. So, you know, when you're doing your venue search, I think it's clearly important that you find a venue that works within your budget. And... Mm -hmm. You know, if it doesn't, then move on, <laughs> you know, yes. don't spend like, <laughs> like, you can't spend
1: half your wedding budget on your venue. Um, no, you have like a really small guest list, but not advisable.
0: Right. Do not Even if you it. love it, if it's the only spot you want, you know, if it's not going to work, then cross it off the list and move on, you know, unfollow it on Instagram and stop, you know, toying over the idea of making it work. Cause, um, if you spend that kind of money, then you could regret it if you don't have it, (laughs) you know? So yes, um, finding your cost and then keeping in mind if it is not within your budget, but it's close or, you know, within a playing range, you know, you could always ask the venue if they have any off season or off peak discounts or, you know, midweek, if you can be flexible. So there's, there's way to ways to maybe make, your dream spot work for you if if there is some wiggle room. So it's always important to ask the venue that.
1: Yeah. So we're in we're in Idaho here. What would be yeah. like a good off-season
0: time? Yeah. I know like our weather I mean, is insane but venue. Yeah. Yeah. You know for us we're a we're an outdoor venue. So we really only have one season because Um, Spring is too rainy and the winter is too snowy. So for indoor venues, you know, off season would be January through probably April is an off season as well as October and November are usually less. Um, But once you start getting into November and December, you start getting holiday parties and things like that where you could compete with time slots as well. So True. Um, early spring, I think, in Idaho is a good off off season.
1: Yeah, I think that's good because yeah, like right now we have <laughs> it's almost seventy degrees today. Yeah, it's, it's 69 sunny. degrees outside. <laughs> it would be a beautiful day to get married
0: right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what are we in? We're in March. So, yeah, we're in March already. You know. Yeah. So you never know, but. um so cost, obviously, and then availability for the space. So, you know, if you are really set to a desired date or a desired season, you know, if you don't want to be flexible on that and they don't have your availability, obviously, you got to check it off the list. But if they have availability in those off seasons and, you know, you could save some money, then, then it could be a really great fit. So, yeah. Yeah, that's And then third, I say reality. So figuring out, you know, if it fits within your budget and it's available, does it really work for your guests specifically and your guest list? So, you know, a lot of venues will kind of stretch their capacity limits to seem more appealing to some couples. um, But it doesn't always mean that that number of people works really well in that space. You know, so... And if you're having an intimate wedding and you could fit anywhere, does that space really, is it going to feel too big for your guest count? So, but then also reality, you know, for Willie and I, it was super important that we had our nieces and nephews at the wedding. And so I knew doing like an art gallery was not going to be an option for us, you know, so. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> nope, and you know if you have people with mobility concerns or something like that, you know, taking those you know chateaus with you know staircases, you know, it might not be an option. So really thinking about the guest that you want to be there mm-hmm. and what they would look like in that space as well. So that's a really great point. I would say those are yeah the three biggest things: the cost, availability, and then the reality of the space. Um. And if a venue checks off all those things, you know, it's, it, it's important to go physically see the space. You know, I think a lot of, at least for us, we get a lot of people who call and get anxious of, of like, you know, every venue is filling up quickly. Can I just book online? And I think it's so important that you actually go to the site visits and go to the walkthroughs and feel the space in person. Um, because you know, the internet can only tell you so much, <laughs> so yeah, and photos um, are edited in a way yeah, that might not show and curated, and <laughs> yes, yeah, and so, um, once you do the site visit, it's important to keep what I say like the three L's in mind so there's location, layout, and then the logistics of this specific space, so. Mm-hmm. Location, obviously, you know, people understand the importance of that, but really thinking about how your guests are going to be transported from, you know, say the airport or hotels to your venue, um, whether you'll need to rent shuttles or buses to get everybody there or if people are going to have to rent cars and things like that. So, yes, you know, that can be a really
1: budget for if they need if they're needed.
0: Right, because it can add, you know, quite a bit of money to the budget. So that's super important. And then making sure that the venue actually has ample parking if everyone is to drive. You know, a lot of people look over that, but, you know, it is a big factor, especially if you're getting married, you know, kind of in a more urban area. If parking isn't feasible, you know, you don't want your guests like... Parking you know a mile away to get to the venue so
1: right we are we're also planning a wedding at a in a backyard. It was a big backyard, but um it was in a neighborhood uh with neighbors and when you have like a yeah. hundred cars, like where are they going to park
0: right and you, and that's when you don't want the neighbors getting upset and come knock on the door so you know it's, it's important that you kind of strategize or find tell your guests where they should park before they arrive. If parking is not really feasible. Absolutely. Um, and then also in Idaho, I think it's really important that you consider the terrain to get to the venue, which, you know, there's some really great venues, but some are kind of like off the beaten path. And I know a few venues that you have to have four wheel drive to get to, um, And I've been to a few weddings where guests didn't get that message and then, you know, it's a scramble to make sure everybody gets there. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind as well or just making your guests well aware of what they'll be expecting when they make their way to that venue.
1: Yeah, if they need to rent a four-wheel drive vehicle, put that on the invitation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean yell it from the rooftops. text people i mean people don't read things so it's important that you just keep hammering them with it <laughs> definitely um, and then and then once you're at the space you know the second thing is the layout of the actual space and how the space flows for the ceremony cocktail hour and reception if you plan to do it all in that space um you know it's important to see if the venue has separate spaces and if so, if they recommend doing a flip to make these spaces work. Um, And for those who don't know what a flip is, it's, you know, generally taking the chairs from the ceremony space to the reception space, um, which is a really great way to make a space work for a wedding. But if you're doing this, it's important to ask the venue how the flip is done. and. Who does it? Because, um, you know, you don't want to assume that the venue's in charge of it and, and that might not be their role. So making sure that that is all very clear. Um, and then also asking them if you have to rent pipe and drape to hide any of the tables or decor from one space to the other and keeping those things in mind are super important.
1: Yeah. And where are the people, where are the guests going to be during
0: that time? right like where how do you hide the back end from your guests because you don't want to see you know all of the setup you know you kind of want to just make it seem as smooth as possible so yes and things like pipe and drape you know it can add a you know a significant amount of money to the rental so
1: Yes, it can. You
0: know, keeping that in mind.
1: <laughs> and it takes a lot of time to set that up. So right, you were a DIY bride and you're thinking you're just going to rent a bunch of pipe and drape and set it up. Don't do that. Pay no, for the rental company <laughs> to do it for you. They will do it. Yeah. It's good and efficient. Yeah. And then they'll come and break it all down.
0: Yeah. And it needs weight. You know, you don't want anything yep. falling over. <laughs> like you know, it's things that you don't need to purchase on your own. So. Um, obviously those things. And then also, which I don't think a lot of people keep in mind is thinking about the layout in terms of prep space. So where the couple's going to get ready, if they're going to be hidden from each other, if they're going to be out of sight or if they kind of have to share the same space. And then also where are the bathrooms, you know, which seems like a silly question, but there are a lot of times venues have, you know, limited that you know, restrooms. So, you want to make sure that they're accessible to the bride and groom as they're getting ready without being seen by the guests and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's super important to a lot of people. Uh, as a coordinator, we always try if you don't want to see your uh, fiance till the ceremony or your first look, we try and do our best. But, um, there's always a chance if you have to share a bathroom, right <laughs> it could happen. So, keep that in mind if that is something that's super important to you.
0: Yeah. And then last, you know, during this site visit, it's important to think about the logistics of this specific space. So what rules the venue has set in place in terms of food and alcohol, um, you know, a lot of venues require that you use their in-house catering or their preferred vendors, which, um, you know, until you see the vendors, you know, that can be it can skew the budget. So the, the venue might fit within your budget, but then when you add in the caterers and the bar service, you know, it might send you over that cost. So making sure that you have kind of like all the lined items of what they require. Um,
1: A lot of venues say, I'm sorry, Alex, but gratuities, there's venues that offer their own (laughs) catering and their own bar service. You know, 18 to 20% gratuity on everything adds up. It really adds up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's a great
0: point. I didn't even think about that
1: aspect. Yeah. Make sure that you're not just looking at the, you know, the hard cost, but add in those gratuities and taxes.
0: Right. Yeah. And then um, oftentimes, you know, there are a lot of venues who require you to have a planner, you know, so, um, they might not include that in their line line item, but they have it in their contract where you have to have a planner. So, you know, I also keeping that in mind. That. <laughs> yes. yes. <that> right. <laughs> we got some good people. Yes, but budget for it. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. And yes, and I fully support. I always thought it was silly that venues did that. And then owning a venue, you know, I think it's just so important that people actually have a crew to help with their wedding day so i fully support that we don't require it but i could understand why people do Mm
1: -hmm. yes
0: um and then also a lot of venue spaces will require that you have your own event insurance to cover you if there are damages and things like that so you know this can be like 125 dollars. it's not going to break the bank but you know it all adds up so making sure that you know, all the specifics around what they require. Um, you know, Alex. Before um, you leave.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. A, a lot of weddings I'm working on are requiring that. So, what does it typically cover?
0: Yeah. Um, like, so, we, every venue should have their own liability insurance. So, you know, if a bride and groom or a couple comes in and their guests damage something you know, we're going to have coverage for liability. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the couple gets there, we also have a damaged deposit. So just like a hotel would. But if the couple gets their own event insurance, let's say their guests are unruly and they spill wine all over the rug or something, Rather than the couple having to pay or the insurance company coming to the couple and saying, you know, you have to pay X amount, this basically covers them. So they're not paying their out of pocket costs. Mm -hmm. So um, their private insurance would protect the couple from anything that were to happen via their vendors or their guests. Um, And so they basically would pay, you know, we require that their insurance cover. Million dollars worth of damage, so they're paying $125, but they're not going to pay a million dollars if a million dollars worth of damage were to happen. So That's it's a really lot important. Of damage. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine how fun that would be. You would never be. have to use that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of just standard, and it's you know, you're dealing with property, so a million dollars sounds like a lot, but if you're in somebody's home, there's something like you're gonna. It's just a peace of mind where yeah. you don't have to like worry about what every guest is doing. And,
1: you know, Absolutely.
0: so yeah. All for it. Yeah. And then it's also important when you're looking at these venues is, you know, to ask about the line items, but then also think about the logistics of filling that space. So how much decor, floral lighting, are you going to have to bring in to make this space feel comfortable and cozy?
1: Yeah. I'm you so know, some you venues require a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do. There are some venues that are yeah some- hmm And it's beautiful. Um, some grass. Right. But yeah, then you have to make that space uh, reflect your vision for the day. And that can cost a lot of money. Whereas if you went with an indoor venue or a venue that has a lot of, um, you know, just beauty and decor already there, that saves you money. But then again, it will probably cost right. more. So there's pros and cons. Yeah. To both.
0: And you know, a, a field is that you go to a walk through, Or, you know, like our property, people come and do a walkthrough and they love it, but they don't realize as the sun goes down, you might not be able to see the fence, (laughs) you know? So, Mm. like things like up lighting can make a world of difference when you're working with an outdoor venue because it's not going to be sunny all day. So, you need to illuminate the spots that you want guests to, you know, gravitate to or whatnot. So, you know, thinking about that as you're walking through the spaces and asking the venue. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what lighting they think it works really well or what's important when they're, you're thinking about, you know, uplighting and things like that.
1: Yeah, that is a really good point, Alex. I, um, I feel like for the outdoor venues that, we, that I've worked um, at lately, um, that's a big issue. There are yeah. some that have none and you have to bring in your lighting. And that is expensive. We there isn't a great cost-effective way to light up an empty um, field of grass. There just isn't. No, uh, <laughs> no. So you
0: need a team of professionals. You do. Who know? Yeah, and then you have to also think like, where are they going to plug in for yep, that the power? <laughs> you know, the power. You know, if you're going to have to run a generator to power it and stuff like that. So. You know, you can make any field of grass look incredible, but you also need to to just have those people in place who know what they are doing to make it, make it what you're looking for. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. And then there's so many venues that, you know, have, so they have the line items and then they also have, some will have packages, which you know, include things like the lighting and the decor and, you know, certain venues or vendors rather. So um, I think a lot of people with emphasis on DIY and Pinterest brides, they kind of shun away from package or all inclusive. Um, But I think for a lot of couples, it will save, and you can speak to this, but (laughs) it saves you a lot of time and energy and these are the people and the vendors that they know know the space, they know what's required, they're not just guessing. Um and so it can really save you a lot of effort and maybe money if you mm-hmm. get these packages or all inclusive deals where everything's checked off and yes. you don't have to keep spinning your wheels of like, what am I forgetting in terms of this space?
1: You are speaking to my heart, Alex. That is what we are in the business of doing at Chosen Weddings. And I know people kind of like, um, are not always super receptive to the idea of a package when it comes to their wedding. But by package, it's not like we're handing you a box and saying, here's your wedding. Um, Right. It's like, here are the people who can make you have an amazing or help you have an amazing wedding. They're professionals, they're the same like they're the literally the same vendors that you would probably just go hire on your own. It's just all done for you. Um, We've consolidated it. Yes, and <laughs> Made it easy.
0: Yeah. And you know, when, when people hear package or all inclusive, I mean, it's basically the same thing when venues have preferred vendors that you have to use. It's, you know, it's marketed differently. It's not a package, but they're saying, you know, these are the people that know the space and, we require you hire them, you know, so, you know, you get those vendors, but then the couple is able to customize and make that vendor, you know, custom to their wedding. So, you know, it, it's not saying that every wedding is going to be the exact same in that space because the vendors will do what's needed for that specific couple. So, yeah, I, I definitely see. think it can be a huge bonus. I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if you're working full-time jobs and, you know, you don't have time to read every review for every vendor, like go with that, you know, go with the all-inclusive or the package that can save you so much energy. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. This is so great. (laughs) I love (laughs) hearing from other people, other vendors and about, how packages are so great because I think people just kind of have a misconception about them. It's, yeah. Yeah. So Alex, so,
0: what are some yeah, more venue I mean,
1: tips you can share with us? I
0: think, you know, obviously every venue is specific and, you know, might require some other thoughts, but I think those are the overarching, you know, when it comes to cost availability, the reality of the space, and then location, layout, and logistics. You know, those are the top things that I think. Um, you know, you're not just looking to see is this a beautiful space because most of them will be. You know, it's really honing in on what you two need and what your guests need to make it work. So that is hopefully. So great. Hopefully nobody out there will have an Excel spreadsheet of 75 venues (laughs) like my crazy sister.
1: I hope we can save people from that fate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Alex. You have really put this together so well and so concise. Um, And I will put all of her points in our uh, show notes, which will be up on our blog. And yeah, if you guys have any questions about any of this info, feel free to reach out to Alex at 60chapel. Also, I'm here for you. Um, Alex, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so much. I think people are going to love hearing this. And if you are looking for an outdoor venue in Idaho, check out 60chapel. It's beautiful. Um, She's got some beautiful photos on her Instagram and um, I know that you're going to love it. Uh, Thank you again to our listeners. Uh, If you like this episode, subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Uh, We have a lot more coming uh, in the coming weeks. So thanks again for sharing your time with us. And we hope that you have a wonderful day. This has been a Chosen Weddings podcast production, editing by me, your host, and music by Austin Criddle.